honor you this evening. We say have your way in our midst, O God. We pray that none of us will leave the same. We pray that you speak to us. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We may take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So you are welcome. Hallelujah. We just got back from Costa Rica. Hallelujah. And God has opened many, many doors through Costa Rica. Hallelujah. So stay tuned. Next year is going to be awesome with many, many more crusaders or crusades. Is that right? Crusaders. Yes. Many, many more of those. Hallelujah. So five keys to prosperity. Number one, the key of knowing that it is God who gives us prosperity. Hallelujah. The key of knowing that it is God who gives us prosperity. Number two, prosperity, position yourself for prosperity. Position yourself for prosperity. Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah 119. Hallelujah. And then we talked about the Father. God expects the Christian to help the poor. God expects the Christian to help the poor. James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So caring for widows and orphans in their distress and preventing the world or refusing to let the world corrupt you. And then Acts 6, 1 to 4. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So this clearly meant that one of the important duties of the apostles, which they did not want to let go of, was to help the widows and to feed the widows. That's why verse 2 to 4 says, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So the word of God is more important than serving tables or doing all those things. Wherefore, but we will not neglect it. Brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Hallelujah. So that clearly shows, you know, what the Bible is saying. Amen. It is a sin and wrong not to help the poor when we can. And then we read from Deuteronomy 15, 7 to 11. Hallelujah. So we can read that later on. And then we read Proverbs 14, 31. He that oppresses the poor, or let's use NLT. If you mistreat the poor, you insult your creator. If you are kind to them, you show him respect. Wow. How many want to insult God? Raise your hands. You know, there was a time I was in church and I was asking people raise their hands when a question is asked, whether or not they understand. So I asked a question, uh, how many don't want to love God? And people lifted their hands till I repeated the question. So it's good that here nobody raised their hands for that. Amen. God will fight those who oppress the poor. So this is a quick recap. Exodus 22, 22 to 24. Do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. If you do and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. My anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. This is God speaking. Your wives will become widows and your children fatherless. Wow. So this is God himself whose anger will be aroused. Hmm. Leviticus 19, 9 to 10. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. 
do not go over your vineyard or vineyard a second time. So because when you go the first time, you'll, there'll be a lot of stuff left behind. So don't, you know, usually they go the second time. But don't go the second time to pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I'm the Lord your God. Proverbs 21:13. just a quick recap. Uh, uh, Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. NLT says, those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their time of need. But the way King James says it, they will cry also. So it means that the one who stops their ears to the cry of the poor, God will, I can't say ensure, but God says that they will cry also, but they will not be heard. I don't know if I get what I'm saying. Proverbs 22, 22 to 23. ESV says, do not rob the poor because he is poor or crush the afflicted at the gate for the Lord will plead their cause and rob you and rob of and rob of life those who rob them. Let me use that. King James says, don't rob the poor just because you can or exploit the needy in court for the Lord is their defender. He will ruin anyone who ruins them. <laughs> Hallelujah. First John 3:14. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in, abideth in death. And in 1 John 3:17 says, If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? And then we explain it with Matthew 25, 31 to 46. You can read that later on. And then... Proverbs 29.7. So just going through all the verses. Very important. The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. NLT says, the godly care about the rights of the poor, the wicked don't care at all. So the wicked don't care at all, but the righteous care about it. So the righteous person cares about the needs of the poor. The wicked don't. So if you are righteous, it means you care about the needs of the poor. If you are anyone who does not care about the 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 the, the, the things of the poor could be wicked. Because it means that if you are wicked, everyone every, everyone who is wicked does not regard the issues of the poor. But there could be someone who is misinformed who might not care about issues of the poor but might not necessarily be wicked. But how do you know which one you are if you don't care about the poor? <laughs> Very interesting. Psalm 112 verse 9. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. And it goes on. Okay. Then we read a few. Look, let's take a few of those. Proverbs 19.17. Uh, no, Proverbs 11.25. How many are getting me so far? The scriptures are very important. Proverbs 11.25 says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Meaning that the one who is liberal will be big in resources and in everything needed. And the one who waters and refreshes people will be refreshed also. Proverbs 19.17 says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. So anyone who pities the poor, who helps the poor, is actually lending to God. Anyone who gives to the poor is lending to God, and God will repay. Amen. Proverbs 11.24 There is that scattereth, and yet increasing, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth or tends, tendeth to poverty. Meaning that there are some who scatter, who give freely, and they become rich. And there are those who withhold what should not be withheld. And they become poor for that. NLT says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Hmm. Hebrews 13, 15, and 16 says, 
by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate forget not. For with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Well pleased. NLT explains verse 16. And don't forget to do good and share with those in need. These are sacrifices that please God. So sharing with those in need pleases the Lord. Now this doesn't say sharing with the Christians who are in need. Those in need. It pleases the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Romans 12, 13 says, When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. What do you think? Amen. Psalm 41, verse 1 to 3. We've talked about this, so I'll just read it. But very, very important verse. Psalm 41, verse 1 to 3. Talks about how we can um, benefit from helping the poor. Blessed is he who considers the poor. ESV says, NLT says, Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. So if you consider the poor or you are kind to the poor, what happens? In the, in, uh, uh, blessed, is he who, blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. Hallelujah. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. How many are getting me? So, the Lord will deliver in times of trouble. The Lord will deliver the person. The Lord protects the person and keeps the person alive. Long life. I see you having long life. He is called blessed in the land. And you do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. Hallelujah. So, think about it. The benefits are you will always have joy, many joys. Number two, God will deliver and rescue you in time of trouble. Number three, the Lord will protect you and keep you in your time of trouble. Number four, the Lord will give you long life. Number five, God will prosper and bless you. Number six, God will rescue and deliver you from your enemies. Number seven, the Lord will be your nurse and heal you. Seven blessings of Psalm 41, verse 1 to 3. Seven. Isn't that a blessing? And then we read from Job. Now let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 15. We've read a lot from the Old Testament. Let's read something from the New Testament before some of us or some watching will say that uh, this we are, it's just Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, I read from Hebrews. Hallelujah. But let's see what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 15. I'll read it from the NLT. Very, very important. And we, I, I, uh, I've summarized them into what we need to do and the benefits. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. But the King James and the other versions say, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So the King James is telling us that it's not just a matter of farming or seeds. It's a matter of sowing anything. Sowing money, sowing good deeds, sowing blessings to someone, sowing uh, 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 charity, love to people. You reap. I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but uh, 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 NLT is saying plant, planting seeds. But you, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. We are talking about the one who sows financially, sows something, will reap that same thing, but in more uh, uh, return. Verse 7, you must each decide in your hearts how much to give. So you see that it's talking about giving. You must each decide in your hearts how much to give. 
And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So what the Bible is saying is that God doesn't want us to be giving in response to pressure or out of compulsion or reluctantly. It's like, the, you know, some, imagine you are someone who is wealthy or you, everyone in the church knows that you have a lot of money. And because of that, anytime there's fundraising, you are obligated. It's kind of like you feel reluctant, you feel compulsion, compulsion or pressure to give. That is not what God wants us to do. God wants us to decide in our hearts, pray about it, decide in our hearts what we want to give and give not as a response to pressure, but cheerfully. But the pastor or the, the one who's raising the funds, it's up to them. It is their duty to put, to, 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 to do their best to encourage people. But they need to encourage because somebody, God might be speaking to someone who needs the encouragement. So it doesn't mean that the pastor should just say, oh, you know, just give out of, comp- uh, uh, don't give reluctantly or out of compulsion, just give cheerfully. Uh, uh, so just give. No. And God will speak to your heart. No. You have to encourage the person. You have to sometimes speak to someone's heart whose heart is beating. Maybe God is telling the person, give, and they don't want to give. So it's, it's important to encourage people to give. But at the same time, if God has told someone, like there are many times I go, to, I, I go for a camp, I go for a fundraising event, and I've planned to just give maybe say thousand. I'm just giving an example. I'm pl- I plan to give thousand or two thousand. But God speaks to me. How do I know if God speaks to me? The devil will not tell me to give five thousand. So if it comes to my mind, it's likely God who will ask me to give five thousand. And then five thousand comes to my mind, and I'm fighting it. It comes to my mind, and I'm fighting it. So I need the person, the, the pastor or whoever is raising the funds to speak strongly so that I will obey God. You can put your hands together for the Lord. But I'm not giving in response to pressure. I'm just, it's just a confirmation of what God is telling me. That's very important. Hallelujah. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. All you need. God will generously provide all you need. Not some of what you need, but all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Yes. Let me repeat that again. And God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need. So God will generously provide all you need so that you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. What does it mean? It means, and God will generously provide all you need means, what does the generously provide all you need? It means you will get all you need and much more so that you can share with others. So there will be excess. Sometimes you have to walk in faith. Sometimes you might start giving before funds finish because you are acting in faith knowing that God will make sure that the giving continues and doesn't stop. Did you get that? Let's assume you are giving a certain amount and you cannot give anymore. You should continue to give it trusting God that he will kick in a great resources so that that thing you are doing will not stop. Did you get that? As the scripture says, they shall freely, they, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever or their righteousness will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So what does this mean? It means that God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and bread to eat. So in the same way, he will provide and increase our resources. Our resources will be increased. And then 
God will provide or produce a great harvest of generosity in us. Did you get that? So it means that we'll have so much resources and we'll be generous. Our generosity will increase. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Did you get that? How many want to be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous? And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So this is like giving to a church and the church using the resources to help others. And those who help the people will be thanking God for what uh, uh, they've received. So two things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the gospel. So the gospel is also, someone who is walking in the gospel is someone who is also giving to the poor. Let me read verse 13 in King James. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words. Hallelujah. So number one, what do we need to do? What's this verse saying we should do? Verse 6 says, sow generously to the poor. Verse 7 says, give cheerfully to church, to the poor. Give, give cheerfully to God. Share freely and give generously to the poor. When God increases your finances, increase your giving. Ooh. Put your hands together for the Lord. When God increases your finances, increase your giving. People get a promotion, but their giving remains the same. People get an increase in salary, but their giving remains the same. If you were get, earning 5000 5, a, a, a week, and you are now earning 10000 a week, your giving should double or triple. Yeah? Because it is when you, your, your funds increase, once you give, God will continue to increase your finances so that you give even more. Because God will trust you with money. Because very few people are faithful with money. If you are faithful in unrighteous mammon, then what will happen? If you are not faithful with unrighteous mammon, who will give you the true riches? Unrighteous mammon is money. If you are able to be faithful with $1,000 tithe, uh, uh, well, $10 tithe, you'll be faithful with $20 tithe. You'll be faithful with $100 tithe. You'll be faithful with $1,000 tithe. You'll be faithful with $10,000 tithe. You'll be faithful with $1 million tithe. If you are faithful with giving $1,000 or dollars, you'll be faithful with giving $5,000. And when you are faithful with giving $5,000, as you keep giving, you'll be faithful in giving a million dollars. Dr. Yonggi Cho, he was going through a difficult time. And one, person, uh, one millionaire just came to me and said, God said, I should give you uh, X million dollars. He said, oh, put it in the offering. He said, no, no, this is that also the offering. I put money in the offering. That's not a problem. This is your personal money. Hallelujah. Because if someone comes to me and doesn't say, if someone comes to you and doesn't say this is offering, it's good offering. So he said, put it in the offering. He said, no, 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 no. That's what offering. I've given what I need to do. This is yours. God said I should give it personally to you. So such a person, if God wants to give 100 million to, to, to someone so that they can give 10 million in parts, easy. What do you think? So, when God increases your finances, that's verse 10. Verse 10 says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. 
So don't forget, you're already generous. That's why you got more. So when he gives you the more, you have to increase your generosity so that you have much more to give. And it continues. Now, what are the benefits? You will get a generous crop. Number two, God loves a cheerful giver. So God's love for you will increase. God loves every Christian. God loves the whole world. God loves every Christian. But we know Jesus said that if you keep my word, then my father will love you and we will love you and we will make our abode in you. So it means that there are different types of love. God loves everyone, but there are times that God extends extra love to people, others because of what they do. God will generously provide all your needs. Number three, how many want God to generously provide all your needs? Amen. Number four, you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I mean, imagine you have, pl- you have everything you need. Everything you need. And you also have extra to give to others. You see, when you give to the poor, it's not a maybe, it's a sure. So any business or anything you do, you are not doing it hoping. You are doing it knowing that you'll be blessed. Let me say that again. When you give to the poor, you are not giving to the poor hoping God will provide generously for you. You are giving knowing that God will provide generously for you. So when you are working or you are doing a business, you are doing it knowing the kind of blessing God is going to give you. You can't be giving to the poor and then hope. If you are going to hope, then when you, it's when you get to heaven that you can hope for nice robes and uh, 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 crowns. Oh, I'm hoping for that, but I'm also having faith and knowing for now. Glory. You will, yes. And then number five, God will see you as righteous. Number six, God will remember your righteous deeds forever. Forever. Number seven, God will continue to provide seed for you to continue to give. That means you will never stop giving because God will provide seed for you to continue to give. When you give to help someone, isn't it refreshing? Very, very refreshing. When someone is blessed by your giving. God will provide and increase your resources. Then number nine, God, you see, everything is, these are all different, but they are kind of similar. Number nine, God will produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Number 10, you will be enriched by God in every way. Enriched in every way means enriched in health, enriched in peace of mind, enriched in your life, and enriched financially. You will be enriched by God in every way so that you can always be generous. You will be enriched and you have peace, you have health, you have favor. People will thank God next. People will thank God because of your generosity. Because, number 11, because of you, the needs of the believers will be met. I remember in Tamale, north of Ghana, I think I was with Etta and some other people. And we met, we went to a town. No, I think, oh, you will find out whether you were there or not. But, yeah, I think you were there, yes, when we had the medical outreach. We went to a town, but I think it was myself and Etta. And we went to a widow. The only Christian in the town. Yes, Etta, yes, she's giving. Only Christian in the town. And the last church or the last preaching there was so many years ago. Were you part of it? Yes. Yes, yes, you're there. Yes. Only we only only Christian, a widow, old woman, and she had a convert. One convert. And they both came. 
they, they was she blind? No, I don't think she was blind. She had an ailment. Etta, what, you are raising your hands. I'm not sure what that means. Okay. Then, when we saw her, we told her that, look, we are fellow Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. Give encouraging you because you are the only Christian. And most likely the people of the other religion will be mocking her. Saying that, you say you are a Christian. Who is looking after you? Because they shun you. Who is looking after you? Let's watch and see. So we encourage them in every way we could. And we were very, very happy and grateful and encouraged. We felt very good and privileged. As she was thanking us, we said, no, don't thank me. I'm thanking you for what you have done because you, 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 you are a hero. How many of us can be the only Christian in a town where people mocking you, people laughing at you, rejecting you, and you're the only Christian in the town with a convert? So we told her, we told her that we are privileged to even meet you. You are not privileged to meet us. Who are we? Like Catherine Kuman says, someone said, oh, I've never heard you before. She says, look, it would have made no difference if you lived and died without even knowing who I am. Hallelujah. These are some of the people who have great rewards in heaven. Got one convert. So because of you, the needs of the believers will be met. The, and then I remember going to a, a, a house with believers who were being mocked and rejected by the other religion. Rejected. And they, they were weak. They, they, they just needed refreshing. Refreshing. So we went there to refreshing them. The poor believers you help will be full of joy, give glory to God, and express their thanks to God. So because of you, the believers will have joy and thanksgiving to God. Your generosity, the number 13, will prove so 13, I mean, 14 benefits. Your generosity will prove that you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you help other believers, you prove your obedience to the gospel. Because many times you've seen that people say, oh, you didn't just come and preach and do a crusade. You've done the crusade, you've preached, and you've proved it. Many times I hear that. You've proved it. You can put your hands together for the Lord. You've proved it by what you are giving. Hallelujah. And then number 14, the poor Christians you help will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace of God to you. When someone is praying for you with joy and thanksgiving and with all their heart, it makes a difference. They will pray for you with deep affection because of God's grace he has given to you to, to help the poor believer. God will hear their prayers for you. God will hear their prayers for you. There's a difference between a poor person who has been helped, who is praying for you with deep affection, and somebody who is just praying. You'll be surprised that the one who is poor and praying with deep affections, prayers will, will go far more than many pastors' prayers. Especially if the pastor is not in tune with the Lord. There are some pastors who, pastors who pray and nothing happens. Nothing. Not even a fly will move. <laughs> and there are some pastors who pray and things happen. Even though we must all strive to pray so that God says that this person, my grace is there, so let them, let, 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 let it happen for them. How nice it would be, or you don't think it would be nice, that anything you pray for, God gives to you. I'm, I'm, not, there yet. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, but in Jesus' name, I, I am. In Jesus' name, we are. Where any problem, oh, you are going through this difficulty, oh, with your boss, or with... Relax. I'll pray at home. Or even better, oh, you are going through this thing. In Jesus' name, it's solved. Thank you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus go and sleep.
Hallelujah. God will give you so much faith and so much joy and so many resources that you will be so excited. I mean, think about it. When you pray, God hears it. I mean, when you ask God for anything, he does it. How many want that? You, oh, no matter what, when you say, God, please do this for me, he does it. Or God, please solve this problem for this person, God does it. Lord, please heal. There are many times I'm praying. I remember there was some, somebody, a, a young person, and I was praying, and I was like, I remember this was in Nicaragua. I was praying for the person. I was like, God. I mean, I, I almost cried. I was, so, I was so sad when I walked away without it. But later on, I realized that there are many times that we go, many healings are discovered. We go and we find out later on that many more people were healed. But there are many people who are also not uh, 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 received their blessings. But you can help to make someone's blessings come true because you are someone who pleases the Lord and you help the poor and the needy. Michael, just trust God and do it. If you help the needy, that they are your focus, you'll be surprised. Whatever you ask God, I mean, imagine. Whatever you ask God, God will do it. Solomon prayed in the temple and said, God, anyone who prays from this temple, Lord, answer their prayers. Let it come directly from, 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 from this place to heaven. And Lord, grant them their requests because they have prayed from here. Amen. When there's a church project or there's a crusade coming up and there's, we need fans for, no, 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 pastor, please. Settle down. Everybody's confused looking. Settle down. And pastor will ask, I want, I want to be asking, we need, we need a track here, we need a track here. And then, as I'm raising funds, I expect Fred, Brother Fred and even Joel and a few people, Michael, a few of us to say, stop it, please. It's okay. That's, that's, and I'll be confused. Stop. Oh, stop it. Then Joel will stand up. How much is it? We need $400,000. Pastor, Pastor, please, let's close the thing. I'll write in a check. Amen. You believe it. Because it happens. There was a church, you see, a many, there, there, there was a church I had, a huge amount of money was raised in a day for borehole and <laughs> but God opened doors so that God's money will be used to help those who truly are in need. Hallelujah. So be someone who are able, God can use you to solve many financial problems for people. I want to encourage you, even those watching, decide to be at least a 100% tight payer. Decide that from today, whether it's Gubligog International or Angels Delight Ministries, pay tight. God will bless you. Whether it's Angels Ministration Delight Success Ministry, and they are doing a church project, do it. When you, when you help it, God will know that he can rely on you to help and he'll give you much more than you need so that anytime there's a problem, he knows he can count on you. Why is it raining? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. And God will bless you. God will bless you. God is looking for people whose interest, some people, their interest is politics. When you go to places like Ghana and different parts of the world, people give heavily to politics. It's amazing. Someone who spent so much money giving to politics, traveling to, for political reasons. 
giving to this party, that party, or giving to this. And I'm not saying those are bad, but we'll give $5 to the ministry or $5 or $10 to the things of God, but give 10000 to this or wildlife. Preservation of cats. Yes, we love cats are creatures. Everything was created by God. So yes, cats are important. But why would you give 10000 to a cat and $10 to the church? Why would you give 10000 to this political party or this uh, 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 what a charity convention event or whatever and give $40 to the church or $5. What are you saying about God? Is it that you don't think what God needs the money for is important? That's why God blesses the givers. And I've come to see there are a certain group of people who have a lot because they give a lot. There are, there are churches that have a lot of rich people, which is this church. Amen. When they are raising funds for projects, they don't even talk too much. They just say, we need a million dollars. And they pass the basket around. They don't say a word. There's nothing like thousand dollars, two thousand. No, just, we need a million to pass the basket and they get 1.3. In a, in a service. May that be your story. Where you give 500,000. I want us to see ourselves that way as people who God can use to be a blessing to this generation. And those watch, I want to encourage you to decide that, look, I want to partner or I want to increase my giving for even the crusades. Next year, God willing, they are, I'm sure we'll have so many. We are going to go to places we've not gone to before. Hallelujah. Amen. From now on, just as I close, from now on, decide that you are going to be someone who God can count on to help those in need. Someone cannot pay their rent and generally cannot pay. You help them. There are many places, even food to eat, they don't have it. But you will be a provider for those who need. Hallelujah. And God will bless you. We will continue, God willing, next week. We will move on to the third key to prosperity. Hallelujah. Shall we stand to our feet? And let's speak to the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to be gracious unto us. Ask the Lord to bless us. Lord, increase the fruit of my righteousness. That's it. Lord, open supernatural doors for me, Lord. Lord, Produce in me a great generosity and great harvest. Lord, multiply my giving. Speak to him. Speak to the Lord about it. Ask God to give you the revelation of helping the poor the revelation of helping the poor. The revelation of helping the poor. Lord, give me the revelation of helping the poor. Let me see the importance of helping the poor. Let me see why it is so important to help the poor, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. of Jesus. Oh, we give God the praise. We worship you, Jesus.
matchless love and beauty endless world nothing in this world can satisfy Jesus, you're the cup that won't run dry. Who is like you, Lord, in all the air? Matchless love and beauty, endless world. Nothing in this world can satisfy. that you will give us all the hearts to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ to not only believe on you Lord Jesus but also to suffer for your sake not only to believe on you Lord Jesus but to also help the poor be, be kind to the poor and the widows in their affliction and their distress like a word says in James 1 27 pure and true genuine undefiled religion before god and the father is this to care for the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world we bless you O god and we pray that you give us 
the hearts after you. The hearts that love you. The hearts that are like yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We may take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It's now time. Yeah, you can put your hands together for the Lord. It's now time for us to give our offering and pay our tithe. Hallelujah. If you have your tithe or your offering, you can raise it and let me share a word of prayer. Father God, bless our offering and tithe in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus seats.